0: Hello, and welcome to another episode. I am your host, David Rothkoff, and I am joined today by our regular Thursday co-host, Ryan Goodman of NYU Law School and Just Security. How are you doing, Ryan? Very well, David. And also joined uh, by um, a friend of the podcast, Harry Littman, who has his own podcast, which I encourage you to listen to, Talking Feds. Harry's a former U.S. attorney and deputy assistant attorney general. He writes columns for The Washington Post. We've all been watching um, the impeachment hearings this week, and I could come up with a lot of great questions about them, but I, 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 I'm, I'm going to skip that right now. I'm, I'll go to you, Harry, and then I'll go to you, Ryan, and just say, looks like you know at least this phase of the process is over. What do you think? Um, and
1: and uh, thanks, David, for having me. Thanks, Ryan, for being uh, on with me. What do I think? You know, I have thought for a couple days that the basic uh, mission of the Democrats was accomplished. That is, the factual account was established pretty much beyond, I would say, almost all doubt. I think of this through a prosecutorial prism a lot, in part because that's who Schiff is, and you can really see that he's approached it that way. You know, a few more nails in the coffin, surely today, with the kind of magnificent testimony of Fiona Hill. But I also so I thought, though, that there were a couple new themes potentially sounded that give, uh, if this is the last hearing, he hasn't conclusively announced it, but but uh, a kind of uh, headwind to the democrats going into what everyone has been assuming is a um you know quixotic effort in the senate the first is i really do think with today there's been the kind of rehabilitation of the career servant uh that the president has been at such pains to try to bully and defame for many years any criticism he's gotten from any quarter uh, from pe- from people who serve in the government. Um, you know, Andrew McCabe, I could name many more. He's really tried to dirty up. It's been deeply demoralizing for them. And I just think that the sort of five or six people that that came forward ending with Hill and Holmes today were, you know, of obvious Sterling character and uh just kind of buoying for people who think want to think about how their government is acting. Second, maybe more importantly, I thought they pretty effectively made at least three-quarters of a turn toward making this – the The Republicans seem very willing to just ignore the, the, the truth and call white black. But they framed it now in, in national security terms, especially through Hill, making it clear that the stakes are vital, not just in, in terms of right or wrong or the moral probity of Trump. But the actual national security interests of the country and the sense that Trump himself um, was kind of either snookered or indifferent to serving Russia, that might be a theme that, that has a greater purchase in the Senate and that the Republicans are a little more skittish about um, uh,
0: embracing. What's What's your take, Ryan? How do you react to that and to what you've seen?
2: So i read basically um, with what Harry said. I I also think that, I just think that the um, foundation that the um, committee provided for Schiff to make the closing um, argument in a sense or closing speech that he did was so solid. Um, he got to say that the facts are undisputed and he was right. Uh, he got to say Um, the national security implications because they did, in in fact, pivot towards those and he was right. Um, And he got to lay out uh, the timeline that shows just the devastating facts and he was right. Um, And so I think that they really, it's just, I thought it was run so well by him and his team and I don't like to think of it in terms of Democratic versus uh, Republican in a sense, because I just think it's a, such an important moment for the country. And so I I thought that was all great. I, I do think that there's uh, just at the same time, something that seeped into me as a kind of a pessimism was the moment today where Will Hurd gave his kind of closing speech. And I just thought it was pathetic um, and saying that, you know, he hasn't seen evidence of a bribe or extortion and it's just it's uh, ridiculous um and the, the kind of uh, speech that then um shift gave m- minutes later uh showed what uh, ridiculousness that was and and but but will hurt is a bellwether for how the republicans are going to act and i think it's therefore not a good sign of how this will come out um at the end of the art- with the articles of impeachment though of course public opinion may shift and then they might shift uh, in the winds with that public opinion so maybe there will be some change, but I don't expect it. So I thought there was that. And then I guess I also am a little bit worried about um, the image of the public servant um, because these brave uh, people came forward. I, I agree with Harry, um, at least in certain networks and circles, that's exactly um, the impression, the lasting impression uh, that will be left. But um, at the same time, uh, there are you know, as, the, as Buzzfeed wrote an article this week, there are two impeachment um, inquiries, one that's actually taking place and the other one on right-wing media uh, that's manufacturing these clips that they put together that fabricate what's actually happened. And for them, maybe it's actually going to bolster their idea that there's the deep state and look at all of these people that are working against the president. And they don't have to stick to the facts, so they can say working against the president's policy, because uh, they can just take it in whatever direction they want to do. And uh, Here's the evidence that they have for it, all the people who were working um, in a way that they defied the White House and then came and testified before Congress. I I actually worry
1: a little bit about
2: um, that uh, negative uh, risk that we're running now coming out of these hearings.
1: Yeah, can I make a couple comments on that? So first, I'm totally on all fours with, with both Ryan's assessment and his worries. I just want to add a few things. First, shift you know I'm a former prosecutor I come in from that orientation he was oh there were there were sort of murmurs or whispers that he didn't have quite enough you know pizzazz early on and and in fact he was trying a prosecutor's case keeping the focus on the witnesses but his series of closing arguments very well thought through and sort of you know exquisite more than just solid recitation there was a kind of stirring uh, quality to them. And I was especially struck by the the rhythm of the very final peroration, to use a fancy term, of his closing. You know, normally you go very slow and serious and say thank you. And he extremely effectively uh, went fast, you know, that the, the, what kind of America we are adjourned. And and you know just left everyone to sort of absorb it. I was just struck again, uh, you know what a what a good fortune for the Democrats and in many ways for the country that he's been uh, the presiding um, you know strategist here on the on the you know potential silo where it all gets chewed up. Sure, you know there's there's but but there's always I think from the start. I mean, many people have taken it as preordained that the base will hold 100 percent and that will be that will prefigure 100 percent in both the House and Senate. You know, the the hope would be that truth would out with not all of them, of course, that scales would fall from their eyes. But a, but a, a, a sector, a segment, 10, 15 percent. Of the Trump base, and I do think I, I totally agree with what, what's going to be on the on, on the um, right wing media. But so far, Nunes, Jordan have been sort of mouthpieces or bellwethers for that, and they were notably muted here today. <laughs> Fiona Hill, I think, scared them to to death, and um, I you know they I, they had somewhat kid gloves, so it may augur. A similar kind of reticence to really uh, t- take her and career servants on in general in the in in the Senate. At least that seems um, possible. But you know, the general assessment—if if, if I, I don't see a single vote that looks right now like it's going to peel off, though—they're they're looking at the at the polls and, and at every um, commercial break. And I think, in particular, you know, I'm no political pundit, but. If you're, I think Trump's political folks, Republican Party political folks think about suburban women as being vulnerable part of his base. And there were a few moments that Fiona Hill uh, in particular um, said that I think are going to be added, you know, really exultant and memorable uh, moments that will give, will put fear into the hearts of many individual um republicans if not if not Trump himself so it, it still remains remote to me and I do think it goes into the senate probably without a dissenting
0: vote so so people who listen to this podcast on a regular basis are going to say gee david really hasn't said very much um and he usually talks too much and <laughs> and and, and, the, and the, but the reality is i wanted to let you guys talk because as gloomy as your perspective is it's way more optimistic than mine is, um, yeah. because you know I, I I listened to this thing. I've listened to every minute of these hearings. I've been engaged in the in this whole process, and as it came to a close, I, I you know I maybe some of it was postpartum depression, but I, you know it 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 became absolutely clear to me that the Republican and and I agree with you by the way Ryan that Will Hurd was pathetic. And you know he keeps getting mentioned and as a you know Repu- a, yeah. as a
1: Republican that, of, con-
0: yeah. as a Republican of conscience, and and he's nothing he's he's nothing like that, but I think the you know the Republican case is well okay this is all fine, um, but, you know and maybe the president did something and you know the few Republicans of conscience will say, you know maybe it was inappropriate or a bad policy choice, but it it wasn't impeachable. And that's all they have to do, not to act on this. Now, and I don't, and I don't think they will, and I don't, you know, I, I don't anticipate the Senate, um, that the Senate will remove him from office. Uh, having said that, and Ryan, you and I have talked about this many, many times. This is not a legal trial; it's a political trial, and it's a political trial that has two juries. And one jury is, is kind of fixed. It's, you know, the, the, the GOP jury in the Senate, it's, it's like somebody bought that jury, but the court of appeals is the public jury. And it's in that case that those, those, those suburban women play a critical role or democratic voters who might've been sitting on the sideline, but who may be energized, Uh, to vote because they consider an injustice has been done here um, could play a critical role. And that's why I have long felt that a long uh, televised impeachment process is extremely helpful, not because it increases the likelihood of a Senate conviction much, but because it increases the likelihood of a conviction um, uh, by an electoral jury uh, in November, and a historical jury thereafter, um, and possibly, by the way, uh, subsequent prosecution. So, Ryan, you know, make me feel better. You know, <laughs> you know, if this is therapy. Help me get through <laughs> what help is going to. Help me, Ryan. Be, yeah, help me, Ryan.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> um, can we start when you were age five? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so.
2: So I, you know, you, I'm of the opinion that I think they needed to make this short and quick and intense um, because the American public will start to, um, their attention span will start to dry up, and as it, if it gets drawn out, then they will lose the thread, and why are we still talking about this, um, and so I think that once the, their attention is on the target, and the target is the impeachable conduct that the president engaged in with respect to Ukraine. This is, you know, whatever the baseline is, I think this is the high uh, bringing the country to make the decision as to what people think about his actions. So that that will leave the mark. Um, And so I think now, you know, there's some downsides to that, too. Like the mark will be left, and then maybe the mark will be long past by the time people start to vote in November 2020. Uh, But I think that that's my sense of how to handle this. And it could otherwise be overtaken by so many events, um, including hostilities with Iran or something else uh, that would interfere with the idea that you wouldn't want to impeach, the House shouldn't even impeach a sitting president. So I think uh, the moment is now um, with the narrative that's being cast by these incredible are incredible witnesses uh, to, to to make a statement as to his conduct. That, that's my upside.
0: Thanks, Ryan. That really didn't help. But maybe <laughs> drinking. Maybe, maybe I should turn to alcohol. I don't drink much, though. That's only going to make me sick. I'm going to turn to Harry instead of alcohol. All um, right. This, this one's on the House.
1: Um, so so i I would just make one um uh point i mean look it it has been true there's been this galling feeling uh that that has seemed to redouble in the in the three years not simply that he would get away with successive abuses to the constitution but that they wouldn't even be understood or outed they could always be contested so there's there's first let me just just slightly tweak your premise and say that that's probably dual courts, but I don't know if if the if the popular um, sentiment is the court of appeal. They obviously interrelate, and if they, you can see things that would make things soft and would at least shake up the the um, Republicans. But let's so, but let's take it as a given that they will um, hold the line and be kind of craving about it and talk about the other two courts that you identified. So at least I breathe a big sigh of relief that when this when this is in the court sigh of relief I'm I'm gratified relative to other frustrating episodes that when this goes into the court of history, and maybe even the the election, it will be with a clean set of facts. There'll be no muddying around about what happened, as the um, successful obstruction or non-cooperation with the Mueller probe uh, permitted. I mean, it's real there's there's going to be no credible voice at all for in, in even the slightest deviation from uh, you know what we knew and that it it was one hundred percent for the craven, personal and corrupt interests of the the president. So the debate that that will ensue will just be about, you know how bad an abuse uh, is it. and and you know to, to to me thinking about it in constitutional terms, it does seem, Pristine seems much worse than shooting someone on Fifth Avenue. Much worse than anything Nixon uh, did. When you overlay the, the national security implications, but at least there'll be a clean line of attack uh, that that partisans going you know will, will not be able to um, to muddy. And then second, thinking of it uh, historically, I do think that you know I've talked to political analysts who, yeah, they probably don't know anything either, but they know a lot more than, than I do. And I, I think even if you feel the prospects of removal are nil, the prospects of an electoral upheaval I think are not nil. I think I think oh you know it was already a nice edge of a minority for Trump and the Trump wing of the party. I think a a, a real, you know, five percent shakeup there would, would be seismic electorally uh, and you know, of course, th- that reckoning would still would still be the question: What now? What what of the the base and the angry Trump voter? How do you reconcile? But I think the possibility of a of a serious um, electoral response is, you know, very very much
0: in play. Okay. Do you feel better? Do you feel better? Well, thank you, thank you for asking. Uh, no, but but I I felt as Brian you know intimated. i felt this way since i was 5 anyway um, yeah, okay. and i so i can't blame it you know, on that david line you know, life is basically 6 to 5 against it's a, it's a, it's a healthy you know reaction yeah, i thank you i i, I appreciate that and 5000 years of jewish history support that <laughs> right. uh, but, uh, but by so, the way
1: i so, will just make one quick comment and then we we'll miss it but an interesting day and week for the jews i'll just i'll just say that you know and, and, and Vindman and the attacks, et cetera. But go ahead. Yeah, well,
0: it. it's just, it's, you know, it's familiar yeah. territory. Um, but so, 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 so Ryan, you know, let's, let's look ahead to next move, because the next move isn't the Senate. The next move is conversation that Adam Schiff is gonna have with Nancy Pelosi, a conversation that Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi are gonna have with Jerry Nadler, uh, theoretically, this this particular set of hearings feed into a process by the Judiciary Committee, which feeds into a process by the whole House, which all are predicates to what might happen in the Senate. So you're if, if you're in the room and, and, and Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi turn to you and say, Ryan, what are you doing here? But then they get over it, and then they say, Ryan, what do we do now? What would you tell them? um i
2: think i would say you know i think the the procedure is to bring it to the judiciary committee have them draft articles of impeachment um maybe now is the time that they wanted to to have a day's worth of um uh witnesses brought in uh by the president uh for, on behalf of the president and uh, and vote uh, vote before uh, Christmas vote, you know, first week back after Thanksgiving or whatever it might be, uh, get it done um, and uh, prepare for the trial. Uh, and
1: uh, uh, I'll just add a couple little things there. First, I uh, Ryan, well, I'm I, gonna, I I, I want to re- ask you to oh, add.
0: Oh, want to ask you to add a big thing too. All right. Because you say they'll draft articles of impeachment. I'd like you to be a little more specific about what those articles of impeachment actually are. Yeah.
1: That's where I was going, in fact. Um, but first, I just want to concur 100% with Ryan that one of the reasons they've been so effective has been because of their speed. Uh, you know, he, they've re- he's paired it. The- Schiff has just been like a great prosecutor. The different tips one learns in an AUSA, he's you know putting on a master clinic. I think they may may uh, leave every you know alone, but but uh, but but may make a, a play at least for. The documents that Sondman didn't have and Bolton, I think we're not done hearing about them. But on the counts, the important thing that they're going to add and they should add, I actually have uh, something that I've written about this and that'll come out in a couple hours, is a second count um, tracking the third count of the Nixon impeachment for contempt of Congress. Again, totally clean facts. You have a whole series of the most critical witnesses, especially if the defense is going to be made on the basis of not enough, you know, direct contact with the president, which it's a, it's a specious defense, but they may make it, you know, that the, that the administration White House systematically deprived the Congress of the information that their constitutional responsibility requires them to have. It was in a word contemptuous. And I don't, I don't see how that's going to be, really be – well, of course, I see how it's going to be disputed, but, but I think the Nixon case is solid precedent for it. And while they don't want to you know, overload or, or confuse the basic point here, that auxiliary count, I think, is clean and important. Uh, and and, and it, that – so either one or two counts arising out of the Ukraine stuff, and then this count. On contempt of Congress, I think is what you'll see and what you should see.
0: So Ryan, I'm going to pick up on what Harry just said and 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 just carry the question slightly further and say, so by that are we to conclude or should the Democrats conclude that the counts that they offer in this impeachment discussion in the Judiciary Committee and what they put in front of the, the, the full um, House of Representatives should be limited to the Ukraine case. So contempt of Congress in the Ukraine case, obstruction in the Ukraine case, or do you go back to Mueller's obstruction arguments, or do you go to, uh, you know, FEC violations from someplace else, or do you go to any of the other things that Trump has done, um, or, do you, or do you keep this kind of compact and, and all Ukraine all the time?
2: So, um, I, so for a long time, I have thought that they should focus on Ukraine. I completely agree with Harry to include an article of contempt and an, and, and an article of obstruction, obstruction referring to the intimidation of witnesses and the president saying that uh, people who informed the whistleblower and the whistleblower him or herself are spies who basically should be executed. Um, and so I think uh, that's within my kind of basket of Ukraine focus. I, look, I think that the president's committed multiple impeachable acts, but part of the problem here is we have not had uh, the foundation laid, right? So even if we were talking about the Mueller investigation, they really haven't gone through anything of a two-week process like this. Um, we did hear from Mueller, uh, but we you know, didn't hear from Don McGahn and others. So I think there are other reasons now I haven't even thought about before, but now that we're at the point that we're at, and if you think you have to move forward now on Ukraine, there's no time to wait to pick up these other pieces, I don't think. And just add a couple other thoughts um, about like the next steps of the Democrats. So one is, I think it's on Monday that the uh, federal court is going to hand down the decision on Don McGahn. Um, that's kind of interesting, just in terms of it does uh, potentially provide an opportunity for John Bolton to say, OK, the court has said that the White House position is utterly ridiculous on the notion of absolute immunity blocking uh, people like Don McGann and myself from testifying. I can now testify. I don't think so. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't bet any amount of money on that. <laughs> but there's something that's gonna happen on Monday, just that it's a variable. Um, second is one of um, mentioned in prior podcasts that's I think a wild card in this whole process is Giuliani. Um, I think there's a very good likelihood that Giuliani gets indicted within the coming weeks and that will maybe shift um, the American public's understanding even if the facts that he's indicted for are connected but not uh, fully uh, overlapping with the uh, impeachable conduct. Um, so I think that's another one. And then uh, I have another thought. I'll, I'll, I'll just throw it out now, but maybe somebody to discuss Otherwise, I just don't want to lose um, focus on the extraordinary criminal, and if not criminal, it doesn't matter, um, highly abusive conduct that Gordon Sondland uh, confessed to um, on in the House. And that implicates, as well, people like Mike Pompeo and Mick Mulvaney. And that just can't go unanswered. And I wonder, it's just outside my lane because it's such a political question, um, but I wonder uh, if the House should also be moving forward in some kind of censure um, motion and that they should resign. How can Gordon Sondland be the current US ambassador to the EU given what he's admitted to Um, and uh, given, you know, also the the material false statements that he intentionally made uh, to Congress in an impeachment inquiry, no less. So uh, I I think that that might also be a variable that implicates how uh, this all goes down. And it's also just an important piece for our country to grapple with.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. And clearly it, you know, were we a country that had a functioning Department of Justice, you you might actually think that some of these things would get picked up by the functioning Department of Justice. Um, Having said that, Harry, we're not that country. And one more variable that we know is is days away, um, and is carefully calculated to be days away, is um, Barr's investigation into the origins of the Russia investigation. And that as the House is doing all this stuff, per, you know, a tweet from Lindsey Graham, which is how we learn things, it seems that Barr will, you know, reveal the results of this investigation into whether or not it was, there were inappropriate steps leading to the FISA warrants um, That kicked off the Mueller process. And, you know, whether the findings are heavy or not is an issue, whether they're well founded or not is an issue, whether they reveal further profound corruption or not about Barr, I don't think it's an issue. I'm sure they will. But it's all about muddying the waters. You know, it's all about distracting the public and having a counter narrative at the time of a trial, where you say, "But these are the same people that did these bad things." So who are you going to believe? And everybody goes, "Well, I believe my people," and you end up right where you were when you started. So how do you think all that figures into it, Harry? (laughs)
2: These
0: are at the end of the show four cans of worms
1: that could that could fill the senate itself um, but let me offer a few and i basically agree with everything you you said so yes on on november 9th the ig report will drop and it's real risk is that it's this you know writing it's it, it's a bar orchestrated change of subject mud in the waters you know i i i think the the senate republicans are on the sidelines saying give us something to say please don't 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 make us you know get our heads bashed in uh, and as as you guys have and, and Barr could ride to the rescue and it would be it would be chilling, on the department it's 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 odd and improper that that they let the initial um, referral from the whistleblower go and didn't start a criminal investigation. There's some reason to think it was anomalous procedurally. I would not given the. Open investigation in the SDNY and just the the new evidence that comes out. I would not discount the possibility that at least the bureau, which is so crosswise and disgruntled with the you know the department itself, won't is not now pursuing an investigation It just takes a, a reasonable predicate into, not to, to to tie in what Ryan said. If there's bribery here, who's guilty of? of of conspiracy to commit bribery, certainly Sondland, certainly Pompeo, certainly Mulvaney, all of them may be in some uh, criminal uh, exposure. Though it, it, it probably wouldn't play out so quickly. And then finally, the thing on 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 Monday, Judge Jackson's opinion in the McGann case. I, I think it's quite clear she's going to reject the administration's position. And, on the, and while that will then, it, it will have to go to appeal. It won't be a decided um, precedent for, for our purposes. But Bolton either wants to testify or he doesn't. There's some mix having to do with his future and his book and his pride and his you know, contempt for the president. And I agree with Ryan. If he's looking to do it, that will give him some uh, pretext for stepping up. If he's not that will that will keep him on the sidelines. But that I, I wouldn't consider his testimony a game changer, but it's a dynamic changer in the same way Hill's testimony was today. If he comes in and gives the kind of killer testimony that we think he would, it would put the Republican effort even further behind the eight ball. But I'm really, really worried about the the exact the the scenario involving the bar investigation. Uh, much more than the Horowitz one that, that you say, which may be timed to to at least muddy the waters and 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 su- suggest some you know and disparage some of the actors here that give in a way that give just enough cover. That's a real concern.
0: So you know you say muddy the waters, and I said muddy the waters, but I don't think we even know from muddied waters. These guys. <laughs> Have been doing have been doing a lot, but literally as you're talking, a tweet pops up from respected journalist uh, Ryan, and it says, Lindsey Graham, who told me and others a few weeks ago that investigating Hunter Biden and bringing him in for testimony is outside of his committee's jurisdiction—that's the Senate Judiciary Committee—sends a letter to Pompeo today, demanding documents on the Bidens and Ukraine. And, you know, as we as we're thinking about sideshows, that'll be a sideshow. And we also know that, you know, you mentioned some defense witnesses, but we get to the Senate, the Republican defense of Trump is not going to be on the facts because they can't be defended on the they facts. Um, but but it seems likely to me that they may want to say, well, we've got to hear from Hunter Biden. We've got to hear from, and make it about the Bidens. Um, and by the way, I think this is where the Democrat approach of sort of trying to defend the Biden behavior is going to blow up in their face because Hunter Biden was capitalizing on his father's name in a way that he shouldn't have been doing it. And his father shouldn't have allowed it to be done. Uh, because and here's the other big point on it. So I
1: interject. Schiff has had the whip hand in the House. He could just coolly parry all these efforts. McConnell has the whip hand in the Senate, and if he wants to to bring that circus to town, he'll be able to
0: do it. Right. So that, I mean, so 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 now you know there's a, yet another circus here, Ryan, and so you can comment on that, and the, both of you can comment on that. I'm going to give you know this will be sort of our last round here, given our timing, but, I, but 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 what it says to me is this, that, as we look at 2020, it looks like a well-run, expertly handled set of hearings by Schiff um, may produce an impeachment and a Senate trial, but is unlikely to lead to the removal of Trump. And the question is then going to become, A, will voters remove him? But B, will Trump end up being above the law because the uh, legislative branch of the United States government and Trump's own Department of Justice collaborated to keep him above the law. Or, and I think this is, relates to your earlier point, will somehow those the, the the court system in the United States come to the rescue? And not only in the McGann thing, but in the in the in the, the request for the president's taxes um, and so forth. Will there be? some holding the president accountable uh, in the third branch of our government that the other two couldn't manage, Brian first, then Harry. Um, So I think that will come to pass,
2: but it's only accountable in a very soft sense, um, which is uh, the giving up of information, like information about his tax documents, Information about uh, witnesses coming before uh, Congress, so that Don McGahn either loses now and turns around as well. If he's also looking for an opportunity after a deafening uh, defeat by the federal district court to go to the House and testify, then that happens in 2020, um, and we get to hear from him finally as a kind of quote-unquote star witness of Volume Two of the Mueller report. So yes, I think I think the courts are going to probably trend in that direction. Um, But is the president above the law? Yes. Uh, Does he have the Justice Department through the attorney general in his back pocket? Yes. Does he have uh, Congress on the Senate side in his back pocket that uh, people like Lindsey Graham are going to help run disinformation campaigns? Yes. Uh, Will they do things? I think the word circus is a perfect word. Make it make it a circus. Make the trial a circus. So that people throw their hand, Americans uh, throw their hands up. Oh, I can't evaluate. I I want to turn away from it. I don't want to look at that. Um, Yes. (laughs) So so for the next 12 months, the president of the United States is above the law when it comes to criminal law. I guess the only uh, caveat I would make to that is I thought it was really interesting what Harry said. I hadn't thought about it uh, much beyond Giuliani. But it is true that over the last two weeks, we've had um, undisputed evidence entered in by people who even flipped, like Sondland and Volcker, admitting to uh, conduct that seems to amount to bribery, seems to amount to clear Hatch Act violations. Um, and surely there's a predicate there for uh, the Justice Department to move. Um, and so maybe uh, that is something. And it's not the President of the United States, but it's uh, people who are his co-conspirators um, and so I suppose that maybe is just a broader wild card than
0: I had thought about uh, with just uh, Giuliani himself. Well, that that may be so. You know, Kellyanne Conway has, I think, violated the Hatch Act about 300 times. Um, I, it's, we do we tend not to be, uh, uh, you know, enforcing that one too much re- recently. Um, but but having said that, I, th- I think it's I, I think it's a good a good point, um, Harry. What's your take on the the likelihood Correct. that the uh, judiciary like, will come in on a white horse. Yes, yeah, and, th- and this is a so
1: I don't think I'll leave you you know skipping away in happiness, but uh, but you know there's some reasons to be a little bit sanguine here. First, I think especially if Trump has been acquitted and the impeachment is over, that the courts in fact will come in. I think it's more likely than not that they would any way with with a few. Um, uh, what will be taken to be sort of thumping pronouncements for the rule of law and the president not being above it. So I think there'll be a couple important, but as Ryan says, basically evidentiary cases in which, uh, including the Supreme court will say, you know, the information had to be given over. There's no such thing as absolute, uh, you know, immunity, et cetera. Even I, I know, I don't think there'll be the sort of nine Oh, decision that you might have had in us v nixon i think there's three or four kind of um executive power uh jocks there who won't go that way but i think the courts will be remembered as having done something of their job it's just not but it doesn't really it's not such a such a big part and by you know by then it'll be almost ancillary on the above the law point. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what these twelve months will record. But all you know, all I can say to keep you from being suicidal is, um, you know, think 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 about what we think about Andrew Johnson now. Think about what we think about Bill Clinton. I mean, there are historical lessons that have been drawn that are a matter of some uh, consensus. And I I do think, assuming as looks pretty likely that he skates off and the Lindsey Grahams and others of the world give him a pass. I do think it will be recorded historically and in large part because of the job the House has done and the clean set of facts as a time when exactly that happened, when a sort of banana republic um, uh, dynamic overtook the country for a few years. That's a matter of some shame and kind of indefensible now, and hopefully that's from the vantage point of, you know, five or 10 years from now, when we're farther, not closer away from, um, you know, Turkey and, uh, and, and Russia. Um, so but it but it will be, I think, because the case will be submitted on such a clean set of facts, something that will be to the shame of the people who it will be seen as craven and political and very much not on the marriage they supported him. So in that sense, as a matter of a, of a kind of common law constitution, I don't think it'll be taken. You know, even this terrible aberration of a period, I don't think will be taken to sh- to prove that this is the kind of power the president has. I think it'll be seen as a terrible uh,
0: departure. Well, clearly, the election next year will have an effect on that. If Trump that, goes yes, well, through four years. And starts out with 19 accusations of sexual harassment and rape, and goes through federal election law violations, and goes through the Mueller investigation, and proof of obstruction, and uh, uh, security abuses, and and uh, nepotism, and and Ukraine, and um, and 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 so forth, uh, emoluments, both emoluments clauses of the Constitution being violated on a serial basis. And then he gets re-elected, without having any consequences. Then the judgment of history um, is 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 likely to be somewhat different, and I think the course of yes. democracy is is likely to be somewhat different. So you know, yeah, I I, I you know I find uh, uh, all of the this. Are, are high. Yeah, the stakes are very high, and it's a little depressing. But there was something in what you just said, Harry that makes me feel good, and that is the argument that you made is one of the core arguments of the book I have coming out next year called Traitor, A History of American Betrayal from Benedict Arnold to Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. which looks historically at all the instances of this kind of thing, specifically for that reason, to see how history's verdict ends up working way out. And I agree in the book with the conclusion that you have come to here. So uh, at least, you know, the, you know, I walk away with a very narrow uh, reason for being happy. But you've made me feel good about the book. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the future of American democracy, not so much. Um, but this kind of discussion, kind of discussion, we need to have. You guys are two of the smartest guys who are out there um, discussing this. Hopefully, we'll have you back. In the interim. I strongly recommend that uh, everybody listening to this uh, goes to Talking Feds, which is Harry's podcast, which is excellent and provides great insight into this, and goes to Just Security, which um, uh, Ryan is the co-editor of, and uh, which provides on a daily basis the essential uh, analytical takes and and more in-depth perspectives on this uh, that are that 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 you've got to have as we go through this period, uh, and of course come back. Deep State Radio next week. Deep State Radio every week. We'll be dealing with this stuff. Some weeks will be depressing. Some weeks will be scary. Almost never uplifting. But come back anyway. And uh, thank you. Uh, so I just
1: wanted to add a very quick supplement for for Ryan. The 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 piece he did last week on Volker. And going through it was both methodical, analytical, indispensable. That's the kind of stuff you get at Just Security. That's really hard to find elsewhere. I my it I was real. My hat was really off to you. Thank you Ryan, so much. Yeah, thank you,
0: yeah, I was thank just,
1: you
0: so sorry. much. Just, yeah. say, say thank you. Ryan is going off uh, to do a TV hit. Harry just came from one of these things. You'll see them also on the air. You'll see us uh, at Deep State Radio, where you find us every week. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Harry. Thank you everybody